0: and give you peace. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. From ancient times, Christians have greeted one another, especially in the spring of the year, with this reminder that Christ indeed has risen from the dead. In this episode, we'll look at Jesus' resurrection and contemplate the reaction that that should spur in each of us. If you have a Bible, with you turn to Matthew chapter 12 and follow along while I read beginning in verse 38. Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered him, saying, Teacher, we wish to see a sign from you. But he answered them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. In this section of Scripture, Jesus is talking to scribes and Pharisees who are challenging Jesus to prove he is who he claims to be. Jesus told them that their request was not genuine and that it came from an evil place. So he would not give them a sign except for one, the sign of Jonah. He says that the same way Jonah was in the belly of fish for three days and three nights, he would be in the belly of the earth for three days and three nights. Jonah and Jesus had circumstances where they were each cut off from the rest of humanity. But they were not cut off from God and his work. And so the three days that each of these men spent in their respective situations were days of anticipation. They were days for Jonah that he anticipated knowing what God would do with him, what his plight would be. The people who knew Jonah and knew where Jonah was supposed to be were curious what had become of him. And in the same way, the people who had buried Jesus were anticipating understanding better what God was doing. Why had the man they had followed for so long, why was he allowed to be killed by the Roman government? Jesus himself was anticipating coming out of the grave so that his claim would be validated that God had made him Lord of all the earth. Each of these men also experienced three days of sanctuary a time of refuge or safety. Each of them had gone through great trauma to get to the point that they were. Jonah in the belly of the fish was no longer tossed about on a ship and challenged by sailors about what was going on in his life. Jesus was able to escape the pain that he experienced when he was executed, when he was hung on a cross, and when he was whipped and beaten. The three days for each of these men were a time of refuge, but they were also a time of consecration. Consecration is one of those churchy words we use that we may not always bother to think about its meaning, but it literally means to be set apart for a special purpose. As God allows Jonah to be swallowed by the fish, as God allows Jesus to spend time in the grave, each of them are being set apart for a very special work, something that would be amazing in their time and certainly in Jesus' case for all of history. God was at work during these three days to bring about the results that he wanted, the things that would fulfill his purposes and his will. At the end of the three days, the similarities continue. For each of these men, as they come out of the fish and the grave, Each of them is given the responsibility to make a proclamation. God rescues Jonah from death, and God is proclaimed to the nations or to the Gentiles that lived in Nineveh. It was good news for those who had been separated from God. They heard about an opportunity that they had to be reconnected with the creator of the universe in the same way as Jesus came forth from the grave and people saw him and responded to him and heard the good news that he had for them, they knew that they could live with God forever, that the separation they had experienced from God because of their sin didn't have to remain. God had removed that barrier through the death of Jesus. But as each of these men made their proclamation, it was with an expectation that the people who heard the message would respond. And specifically, the response that was Warranted was repentance in both cases for Jonah as he went to Nineveh and he proclaimed God's intentions to the citizens there. They responded by changing their ways, stopping the violent behavior and attitudes that they had, and living at peace with each other and with God. In the same way, us knowing about the resurrection of Jesus requires that we have a faith response. Faith that the resurrection of Jesus actually occurred should lead us to repentance. And we might do well to note here that in Jonah's time, that message had to be preached to the Gentiles who did repent because when that message was preached in Israel, The chosen of God chose not to repent. They continued in their wicked ways, which led to judgment for Israel, but it would have led to judgment for Nineveh if they had not responded. And we too, in our time, have a responsibility to hear the message of the empty tomb and respond with repentance if we want to avoid God's wrath at judgment. There is a judgment for those who ignore the message in the same way there was in Jonah's time. But we can certainly see that for us, rejecting Jesus' message has far more dire consequences. As we reflect on the resurrection and the empty tomb, there are five questions that come to my mind that this resurrection begs us to answer, that helps us to understand, do we genuinely have faith in this resurrection, or do we just think it's a nice story? It gives us the chance to evaluate our lives and determine if we have truly repented in response to the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. The first question that comes to mind is, what will be the center of my life? If Jesus has been raised from the dead, what effect does that have on me and what is at the core of all that I do and all that I am? What's at the center of my life? Is it that Lord who was raised to new life? Or do I leave myself there? What's at the center of my life? Is it a desire for power, for possessions, or is it a desire to serve the King of the universe? If we are convinced that the resurrection happened, we have to ask ourselves, what is at the center of our life? Does it reflect our belief in that resurrection? Another question is, what will be the character of my life? What type of person will I be? Not just the times where I'm trying to impress people, but all the time. When I'm alone, when I'm with people who don't care about my character, when I'm in situations where no one will know what I really do. What will be the character of my life? If I truly believe that the tomb of Jesus was found empty because he had been raised from the dead, that convicts me to live a life that's consistent with the character of the one to whom I belong. If Jesus is my Lord, if I call him that, if I've attached myself to him, I should reflect his character and not bring any disgrace to his name. Another question is, what will be the contribution of my life? Certainly, Jesus, as he lived his life, he extended grace and mercy to those that came in contact with him, and through his death, burial, and resurrection, is able to extend grace and mercy to all who want it. Am I willing to make the same contribution in my life? Am I willing to be a conduit of God's grace and mercy just the way Jesus was? Am I willing to follow in his footsteps, follow his example the way I've been called to because I believe in the resurrection? If the contributions of my life only benefit me, I'm not living as if the resurrection is true. We also have to ask ourselves, what will be the communication of my life? What will be important for me to talk about? What kind of things will come out of my mouth? Will they be gracious? Will they be uplifting? Will they be appropriate for the moment? Will they spread the love of Jesus? Will they spread the message of Jesus? Or will I use my communication to benefit me? Will I use lies and manipulation to get the things I want rather than speak the things that Jesus wants me to speak? Will I use my words to be harsh and hateful to those that I don't agree with or don't like? Or will I see those people as folks who deserve God's love? And will I use my words to share that with them? And the last question is, what will be the community of my life? Who will I be hanging out with and why? What type people will form the community of my life? Will it be people who believe in the resurrection and are wholly changed by that and devoted to following in the footsteps of Jesus, which put me in the path of people who are marginalized and outcast and sinful and hurting and in desperate need of salvation, or will I isolate myself with groups of people who think just the way I do? and make sure that our communities bless and benefit us, but have very little to do with the outside world. These questions are important. They show us the direction or the path that we're on for our life. We'll either see ourselves as living out the purposes of God or living out selfish purposes. The meaning of the word repent is to change course, Or change direction. Literally, you're on one path, headed in one direction, and you change to a different course. It it takes a change of mind, a change of attitude, and a change of actions. It puts us on a completely different path. And so all the questions that we've mentioned here today are important to help us understand whether or not we've actually changed paths or not. Are we on the path that Jesus opened for us at his resurrection? Or are we still on the path that the world has charted for us? One of those paths leads to eternal life, and the other leads to destruction. I'm convinced Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. You can find more of these messages on our website, calirachurchofchrist.org, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter.